there will be nearly unlimited opportunities to urinate. Good afternoon. Oh, hi, Merlin Man. How are you doing? Oh, good morning. Uh, late morning, Captain. <laughs> ah. Big events up there in San Francisco. Ah, uh, I think it was in Cupertino. Was it? I can't keep track. I thought it was Yerba Buena. Was, was it? it? Did they move that? I don't know. I thought that was in the... I, you know, I didn't see the beginning of it. I, I only saw the very end. You missed Dudley uh, Moore. You missed everything. Didn't Dudley Moore pass? Yeah, but they had Eddie Q sort of uh, pantomiming him. Huh. Eddie Q. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of big torsoed guy? <laughs> that's, that's all of them right now. One of the guys, I think it's Eddie Q, he, he looks like someone has put him, in, put him inside of a large man suit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one that is. Well, like, I don't know. Uh, like, maybe, like, uh, not exactly <laughs> like a robot. Uh, not a robot or an android, exactly, but kind of like if someone said, I'd, I'd like to look like a slightly larger man, and they gave him a suit. <laughs> like a man, like the, the suit of a larger man. <laughs> the suit yeah, of a grown not man. A, not a suit like you'd get at Men's Warehouse, but like, like a kind of prosthetic large man suit like if he wanted to try and fool his ex-wife into thinking that he was a scottish nanny except right. for a slightly larger man his head looks normal sized. yeah huh this is a it was a weird the keynote had a weird uh, or the the presentation whatever you call it had a weird vibe to it this time tell it me about a, well yes, I, I noticed a lot of chatter about some kind of you know awkwardness or something was it weird it was weird, and you know, it seemed to me like uh, well, it seemed like Tim Cook was less prepared than usual. Usually, he's spot on, and this time he stumbled a little bit on it with his words. He kind of it seemed just a little disjointed. Everybody that was up there had a sort of made some kind of mistake or something. And Phil Schiller's was the one that most people are talking about. Is it when he Wait, was? What did he say? He was referring to to the Batman movies. Uh, the the recent Dark Knight movies, <laughs> he referred. No. I don't know why it makes it so. He referred to him as Black Knight. <laughs> That's Instead a little bit ping pong. Yeah, it is a little ping pong. And uh, Scott Johnson said, uh, <laughs> "I don't know if I should." Scott Johnson is a funny guy, and he said uh, he made a he made a couple of um of, of tweets that that were that were funny. He says. Uh, he said, for the record, Christian Bell was a terrible black man. He said, so let's see what I got here on my red box pickup list. Black man begins, the black knight returns, and black knight rising. Got it. Mm. <laughs> I think it's pronounced power man. <laughs> but anyway, oh. I think, you know, but there were, there were, but it was, you know, overall it was a good, uh, a, you know, good overall uh, keynote with some good stuff. Yeah, it seemed like it. Um, good time to get a, a, a MacBook Pro, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I missed that one. So it's a uh, power packed Retina. Yep, full whole nine. Yeah, full the full Monty, the whole nine. Well, no, I'm I'm, so, I'm sorry, I, I just wasn't watching that part. What's the um, we were streaming Homeland? What's the um, <laughs> what's the high level on uh, what's cool about the Mac MacBook Pro? Uh, well, I mean they they both uh, they're still selling the non Retina uh, MacBook Pro, which I thought was in- interesting. But the main thing is that they've dropped the price of the base model. I think. Uh, to twelve ninety nine, it's thirteen inch, two point four gigahertz Retina display. It's got four gigs of RAM, one hundred twenty eight gigs of flash storage. Twelve ninety nine. Then you go fourteen ninety nine, you get eight gigs and two hundred fifty six gigs of storage, and then topping out at seventeen ninety nine for the thirteen inch, eight gigs, five twelve storage. So that, I, that, that, 
ahead. Nine hours, nine plus hours of battery life, uh, they claim. It's um, it's certainly not an uh, inconsiderable amount of money. I mean, it's not cheap, but my goodness. What I you mean, get I'll, for, for twelve ninety nine <laughs> is insane. What you get for anything ninety nine compared to just not so long ago. <laughs> yeah. One thing we should mention, I, I didn't put this in notes yet, but uh, Mac Power users, uh, David and Katie did their Getting Ready for Mavericks episode this past week, so we should link to that. I'll get it. And they're talking about like what what a change you're, you can experience in life by adding RAM and like how what RAM costs now versus mm-hmm. what it used to cost. Oh my gosh. It used, to be, it used to be, and I'm only slightly exaggerating, half the price of the computer to get more RAM in there. It was... Oh, man. It was bananas well yeah and around the time i i i just remember when i was the mac guy at my office for a long time i just remember there was suddenly this leap where it might have been one of those times when there was a fire at a korean factory or something but for some reason suddenly ram just went like you know through the roof in terms of price and you know we just started changing out i remember we just had this pile of two 256k ram chips around for some reason i guess we had mostly you know this is Max from the late '80s. Yeah, and uh, but it was it was extraordinary. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't even know what the price is. I guess all I'm saying is it's amazing to me having been around this for a little while. You know, as you get older, I guess life gets compressed and seems to be going faster. But my God, what you can get now for that? It's you can. What, isn't it fair to say you could be a Mac developer with a MacBook Pro right now? Oh, forget it. Of course, absolutely beyond that. I mean, the 13 inch MacBook Pro is like an amazing amazing machine and i told you that uh, mj poured water or people on twitter said i shouldn't say poured water because it makes it sound intentional i think it was intentional but she spilled water into my a macbook air so i've been waiting for this event to decide what i was going to get uh as as a replacement for it and i'm i'm i've decided to go with the uh with the 13 inch uh retina macbook, MacBook pro MacBook yeah pro. yeah terrific that sounds fantastic and you know it's now you put that up against the is it a four thousand dollar Mac Pro? Oh my gosh, the the Mac Pro is really. I mean, it it looks great, and they showed the factory of how they make these things. Uh, and it was just, I mean, it's a it's all automated. It's, uh, well, a lot of it's automated. You get special robots making these things. It reminded me a lot of, of Terminator, the Terminator Ooh. movie when they, yeah, you know, yeah. the second one where they kind of show the, the factory where they're making it, it kind of reminded me of that. And then they have a, when they talked about the iPads, they actually have a special robot whose whole job is just to drop iPads. That's all it does. But yeah, for the quad core, you uh, should, should get MJ in there. I know that's all we need is <laughs> send her in there. She can't stop touching things. Anyway, they have a quad core uh, Mac Pro is two thousand nine hundred ninety nine. The six core is three thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Another weird thing about the the event today, almost no applause. It was clear that they were stopping for applause from time to time, uh, but they never got it. They never got applause about price points. They never got applause about anything. It was just quiet in there. It was all very quiet. I think it's because of this one guy who would would not deign to clap. I noticed there was one guy in the audience who kept his arms folded and right. would lightly tap his left hand against his right elbow. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I know Apple has a re- certain kind of reputation, and I don't want to you know, say anything to make them sound nefarious, but mm-hmm. I would find out who that guy is and make sure he never gets an invitation. Right, that was his yeah. last time there. Uh, <laughs> kindest regards, watching. Mr. Elbow Clap. 
You're no longer required at our events. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and so, but I guess the, this is really boring. Um, the Mac Pro, though, it's, they're very heavily banking on their own technology because you can't just pop drives in that thing. You've got to use the, uh, the, the thun- Thunder Thunderbolt. Yeah, Thunderbolt to do any kind of expansion. That's correct. Yeah, I guess I feel like I'm a, a stuck as a real legacy user. I've just got too much stuff that still works fine that I'm so reluctant to give up. But I'm realizing I kind of have to. You know, I just, I just, that's a big leap. You know, we we talked about this a few episodes back, but making that leap from, you know, the setup that works to like jumping into this whole new world of kind of uncertainty. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're. Well, there's a lot of uncertainty with this now, isn't there? Well, with this Mac, the Mac Pro, as ancient as this thing is, it's plugged in and it works. It's got four giant drives in it. Yeah. Um, it runs these two big monitors. Fine. Everything mm-hmm. works fine except for the fact the operating system doesn't work on right. <laughs> but apart from that, you know, but what I would have to change to, you know, I don't know. No, I'm with I, you. And you know what? Like, I, I was thinking about this yesterday before, you know, before anyone really got all of the information about the new Mac Pro. Today we have it. Is you know, and they talked about it. They're talking about the speed and performance, and it's clear that this thing is like designed to be incredibly fast. And it's for people who are doing very, very intense graphic, you know, graphics or video or serious computational power that they need these these new Mac Pros for. Whereas I feel like the previous version of the Mac Pro, the one that you probably have down there, and the one we've got a couple of them here. That those machines were workhorses, but they were more general purpose. They were for people who were doing graphics. They might be for the John Syracuses who want to play games. They might be, you know, for for people who just like a lot of drive expansion. There were so many different reasons. And now with these new ones, you you don't have the kind of the same kind of expansion. There are people who will say, "Oh, well, you can just plug in a Thunderbolt two, uh, you know, chassis and put your drives in there." Where where are those? Where are those affordable? I can spend a hundred bucks and get a two or maybe a three, maybe four terabyte drive and chuck it into this Mac Pro. And now I've got an extra two, whatever gigs of or terabytes, I mean, of uh, of storage. Like the, w- that's gone now, right? You show me the the show me the one hundred dollar Thunderbolt two expansion that's going to give me two more terabytes of data storage. It's not there. This is what well, people tune in for, I'm sure. But you see what I'm saying? Like I. Uh, and I, yeah, I know, like, I'm with you. I get the fact that people don't want to open up machines and put hard drives in and, and stuff like that. But what they have come out with in the Mac Pro is not really the device, the machine, rather, that I think the people who liked the old Mac Pro wanted. It's a fast, really, really fast, highly intense, you know, machine for serious graphics and serious video production and serious audio work. So we have that, but what we lose is the thing that, that people like you and I really liked about computers. And this kind of marks the the end of that era that Apple right. no longer makes and will no longer make anything to satisfy the people who like to open up their machine and put in a hard drive. That's completely history. And you know what? Let's move on, right? We don't have a choice, but it's just, this is the end of that. I I half agree, I guess. I mean, didn't that start by not putting a floppy drive in the Mac? I mean, right, the going iMac? way back to the, the to the iMac, which got rid of the floppy drive and just had a, a, a CD, CD-ROM drive. And everybody flipped out and said, there's no way, that's the craziest thing. It's not a computer if it doesn't have a floppy drive. And there wasn't too many years later when they put out a Mac that didn't have an optical drive. Right. Like, oh my gosh, you know that's, that's going to be the end of the world. So, I mean, I have to imagine that they 
<clears throat> I mean, they're they're a pretty smart company. They don't do that much, you know, blatantly stupid stuff. Right. They must have something in mind where they think this is for the the users that they want to have or that they foresee coming in at that price point. And I, I guess the the only thing I would say is, I mean, the thing is with the MacBook Pro, it's just with the MacBook Pro. If you buy that and you've sort of already accepted a world of peripherals, mm-hmm. you've already accepted that if you want to have an external monitor or you want to have the, a drive, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure, I'm not sure how you. I mean, I just keep imagining a Drobo. I don't know what you do to have external drives through Thunderbolt. I've never done that. I've never but, done that either. I don't. I don't personally know anybody who's. Well, I went and when it. I was pondering it, I went and looked. And this is on. It's not the best uh, use case for this, but you know, I just kind of went through the Apple Store online, which can be a little bit frustrating sometimes because it's such a weird mix of like. So there's this Apple stuff. There's this Belkin stuff. There's this like, well, where's the like the canonical stuff for doing this? If it's a little bit like wandering through an Apple store at the mall and going like, hmm, I'm not really sure what, you know, what am I supposed to do to, in my case, to replicate this experience of a, of a Mac Pro? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guess, I'm trying to remember what they had. I guess they have, obviously they have ways that you can hook up your drives. It's just that there's a, that's a big mental leap for me to go from the world of USB and, and uh, Firewire uh, to, to using Thunderbolt for more than really charging. In yeah. my case, yeah. that's, that's mostly what I use it for on, you know, iOS devices, but I'll, we'll get used to it. I think the good thing is that people, um, it sounds like uh, clearly people are not going to be left behind if they don't get a Mac Pro. That's the good news. Right. It isn't like they're trying to railroad you into having to buy this $4,000 computer. No. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, I, think, I, think that's, I just think that's pretty amazing that something, a computer that size could have that much power in it. Yeah, I, and we've got we've got the new iPad. Uh, so iPad tell me why Air. the iPad two is still out there at that price. Isn't that what? weird? You were expecting them to do what they typically do in the iPhone space, which is previous model bumps down to be the cheap model, knocking off what was the previous model before it in most cases, and then you've got the 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 new one. You know, but it's weird because in this case, instead of keeping the iPad three around, they've kept the iPad two, gotten rid of the iPad three. And have the iPad Air. So your choice is now an iPad Mini, uh, or an iPad Two, or an iPad Air. Well, your choice, choice at that price point. Then they they went by this so fast that I wished I had a way to scrub back. It mm-hmm. went by so fast. But my understanding was for the same price, you could either have an iPad Mini, which is the equivalent, I think, of an iPad Two, mm-hmm. just smaller, but in in, in Retina, mm-hmm. or you can have this large iPad Two that's not actually all that cool anymore. Right. The iPad That's 2, nobody wants weird. the iPad 2. I couldn't convince my five-year-old son to use an iPad 2. Well, it's one, it's one of those ones where, you know, you and I are always obsessing, and people like us are always obsessing over the, like, when it's right to buy things. Yeah. And that's that one out there. That's just, it's like a Burmese tiger trap just sitting there. Oh, like, yeah. hey, why don't you touch this one? Yeah. But it's uh, pretty, uh, I guess, I guess though, people will be happy, though, that there's iPad minis and Retina now. That seems like a pretty big move. Yeah, I mean, that's what they want. But, but more and more people are saying, because the iPad Air now, which is the, the, the new large format iPad, it's so much lighter and so much thinner, and the battery life is so great. It, it, they took it from 1.4 pounds before to 1 pound. That's significant in something that's this small. Like Christina Warren, my friend who works at Mashable, she's like, the iPad mini almost seems superfluous now. And in a way, the people who are, who just want to, the size and the form factor of it. Yeah. I guess you still want the iPad mini, but the iPad air is, is the thing to get right now. I mean, it really, what's, uh, really is. what's an iPad mini way. iPad mini. Let's see. 
because I still, I still, I've started going back um, for some things. I've gone back to using my iPad too mm-hmm. um, for like comics and stuff. Yeah, see, but, and that that's another good thing. The more space for something like that, something that's that visual, you really just want the regular, the regular uh, size. Okay, so by the way, the, the iPad three quarters, three quarters of a pound. The iPad Mini with Retina display coming late November. The iPad Mini right now, the one I have, weighs 0. 0.73 pounds. 0. 0.73 pounds. And it's, it feels, it's, you know, it's another one of those things that's so ineffable. It's hard to describe, but the difference between holding and using the iPad Mini versus holding the iPad is Two? just yeah. a world of difference. Um, and I, 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 there's a part of me that feels like part of it is the size. Even with my terrible eyesight, like I will always grab for the iPad Mini. But anyway, you know, we'll see. We'll see with the uh, so if you want like a tricked out, what's like what's a sixty four gig iPad Air go for? Okay, so you want the top of the top of the line, just Wi Fi. Let's say Wi Fi iPad. I, I don't see myself getting one of these anytime soon. I, I love my iPad Mini. So Wi Fi, but not um, n- no no cellular, right? Yeah, don't you think? What would you get? Would you get the cellular? I on this thing, yeah, I would actually. Yeah, and, yeah, and, okay. Let's and I'll go. tell you what else. I'll tell you what else. Here's something cool: is that if you have in, like, if you have one of those AT and T family plans, you can actually add the iPad to your AT and T family plan, and it will count as a device and might get you like a discount if you're like a small business owner and you want to get a business plan and you need X number of devices to qualify, like that can be one of them. But let's just, let's just start with the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi maxed out 64 gig. Well, that's actually not maxed out. You can get 128 gig now for $799. $699 is 64 gig and it just works down by 100 bucks to the 16 gig at $499. And if you want to jump up to the uh, Wi-Fi plus cellular, uh, starting price is six twenty nine for the sixteen gig, and they go up in hundred dollar increments to one twenty eight is nine hundred and twenty nine bucks. I would be hard pressed to spend a thousand dollars. Wow, on an that's, iPad. That's amazing. That's mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yeah, but you know it is it is a hell of a device. But uh, <clears throat> boy, their SKUs are getting a little uh, nutty balls. Yeah, they got a lot of lot of SKUs up there, San Francisco. They got uh, they got the five S in three styles. And three carriers? Uh, no, they have more than three carriers now. They have yeah, but at least three or four carriers. Yeah, they have uh, AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon here in the United States. And then on the 5C, you got how many? Six colors? Something like that? Yeah. And times four carriers. And how many configurations? Jeez Louise, yeah, what a, a lot. nightmare. There's a lot. Yeah. Even uh, Horace can't keep track of it anymore. He needs a graph... Mm. I give the guy a hard time, but he's a smart fella. Moises um, is, just messaged me, breaking yes. breaking update that Apple TV OS is updated from 5.02 to 6.0. What's that mean? <laughs> There's an update for Apple TV out. Oh, please, more MLB. Yeah. I no, need, well, I need uh, every single... All I want is the NFL. And they're giving me everything but that. You can get Crunchyroll. <laughs> I think they got Crunchyroll now. I haven't let's, tuned uh, into the crunch. Let's mention this. I know people know this, but not enough people know this. If you don't want to see those buttons on your screen, go into parental restrictions. Yes. And uh, you have to enter a code, a four-digit code. But go ahead and enter a four-digit code and just say hide. So you can just, it's, it's nice to be able to move them around, which you can do right now. But you can also just uh, have them not appear at all. Like, I, I just don't need to see MLB. Uh, so I just, you, you go in and you can, nothing against baseball. It's a great institution, mm-hmm. but if you want to reduce the amount of cruft, like I don't, we don't have cable, so HBO Go is not useful to have on our screen. 
Anyway, it's a hack, but you can go in. Maybe this has changed in six, but at least in the previous versions, if you go into parental restrictions uh, and set it to high, you won't see those buttons on your screen. Yeah, you can get rid of them completely. I mean, there's some you just, you know, parental controls is nice, but it's almost just annoyance controls in some way because there's a lot of scrolling that happens. Uh, I wish you could reorganize them. I wish you could put them in an order. You can. You can control the order? Of your icons? You can control the order? Oh, that's so. right. You hold the thing down and they, they, they dance around like on the eye. That's right. Like you iPad, can. Yeah. You got to fix that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Whenever they introduce new channels, this is true on Roku. Um, you know, when I first got my Roku, I just went nuts adding channels, 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 channels. And uh, in the end, there's, I end up using so few. You know, Netflix, um, Plex. We finally got rid of Hulu Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's controversial in our house. A little bit controversial, but um, um, you know, one thing I love on the Roku, this is apropos of nothing, but I love that ability to search across. Oh, and Amazon, Amazon uh, video, but um, I love that ability to search across channels. I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Do you ever use that on Roku? I haven't. I haven't used the updated uh, Roku OS yet. I haven't put that. You on. know, Roku on the top screen. It's actually. I mean, you can tell that Roku's um, uh, whatever they call it. The uh, a- not the API. The their. Uh, SDK probably offers a couple basic views. Like the YouTube channel built in is just, it's like so funky looking. You know, it's just a bunch of screens and it's almost like WAP. You know, it's, it's so simple. But, um, but uh, you can go in and so you've got settings and search and so forth. If you go to search on your home screen and search for, you know, a movie or a TV show, it'll search across all the channels that you have installed. So if you search for Avengers, it'll find that, um, I think actually free on uh, Amazon if you're a Prime member, mm-hmm. so where you can buy it here. Do you follow? Yep, that's pretty handy. I wish, I wish, I wish there was something like that for Apple TV. I know it. Apple TV six. This is exciting, Dan. I know it's a big deal. Oh, uh, my friend uh, Tim Van Dam says in a, in a tweet, he says that there are twenty different iPads, forty if you count colors. Whoa, and really? I'll, I'll put the URL for this into the show notes, which can be found at 5by5.tv slash B is in bread, 2 is in the number, W is in water, uh, slash water? 142. <laughs> I like bread to water. Bread to Have water. Have you never done that before? I've never done that one. Well, that's awfully good. That's New Testament. Well, that's I'm good. I'm not familiar with uh, his work. Not familiar with his work. <laughs> But uh, uh, so you've got the iPad Air, you got the iPad Two, you got the iPad Mini with Retina display, and then just the iPad Mini, and then you got different colors for all those. It's maddening. I know they're going to yeah. stock all did this. Did we crap. ever get any? Did we ever get any? Um, you know, there were obviously we all heard how hard it was to get a gold five S, mm. and then I, some people were saying saying, and I, I'm just repeating what people were saying. Some people were saying that some stores got like two gold phones, or or maybe five right, a total. Well, was that? Did anybody ever find out there was any truth to that? Was it really that thin? Yeah, I think it was that. I think it was that that small. I mean, I know that, uh, like, my producer Hattie's been waiting a month now for, and it's a her. She insisted on getting the gold one, and it still hasn't shipped. Wow, October. Yeah. Hey, don't you have a birthday coming up? Yeah. Hey, happy almost birthday! What'd you ask Santa for? Uh, just wanted. Um, what did I ask for? I don't think I, well, I got this new computer. Oh, I got a new, uh, I got a new, uh, some new luggage. New luggage. You get an SF bag? Got an SF bag. I got, uh, I'm all set. Yeah. With the, uh, with Do you the, want to tell me about your new bag? 
Yeah, actually, I would like to. Do you know, no, packing. Thought, we should do a whole show on packing. You think I have rules about grocery shopping? Boy, I'll tell you what. Packing. Dan, Dan as I sit here right now, <laughs> I will literally talk as much as you want about either packing or grocery stores. I love it. Do I need to produce the list? I will talk to you about hotels. Ooh. I will talk to you about how people can't wait in line. Yes. Well, you've done the can't wait in line when you also did the, a little bit. You Well, wait, I roll it back. You touched on that when it came to how to treat people in customer service episode. That was good. All I'm saying is this, Dan, I think we know each other well enough that you know there are certain topics that you can literally get me started anytime that you want, if you are so inclined. I will talk about packing, I will talk about... Dan, I have to tell you, I don't follow these things closely, but my sense was that a lot of people were very, very interested in, in how you handle grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah, they were. I think it, it really touched, it touched a prostate in a lot of people out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the sense that they don't think about it much. And then when somebody touches it, they realize it's there and they're a little excited. Right. It's not complicated. It's not something you knew about really right. until it got touched. Right. Like 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 faith. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. No, the noun. The proper no, noun. I follow you now. Let me start over. <laughs> um, which, which one am I? You're in a rare, rare state today. I have to tell you, I'm on the horns of a dilemma, Dan. I, I'm having a very, very strange day. I... Got way more sleep than normal last night, and I and I, but I don't feel that rested. And I can't tell if I've had too much coffee or not enough. I'm mm. pretty sure not enough. I actually found that I'm so not used to getting more than about five and a half, maybe six hours. That if I get more than that, you would think I'd feel great. I feel weird and and terrible and uh, lumpy. I feel lumpy too. I'm like the love lumpy space prince. Yeah, I feel, as LSP. I like- That's what I thought you were going. <laughs> I'm not glad. I had way too much sleep. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yes, so, I think we like, should talk about some of those things. I think do you want to tell me about important. anything that you like, Dan? I have three things overall to tell you about. The first of which is uh, a lovely uh, new, brand new website uh, that I want everyone to, to go and check out. It's uh, Squarespace. Was that that startup up in New York? Yeah. Uh, it's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. They're going to give you a free trial and 10% off. If you go to squarespace.com and in, in honor of my favorite holiday in my favorite month of the year, October, where both my birthday and my favorite holiday uh, land, the code to get you that 10% off is goblin. Very Ooh. creepy. It's spooky. Ooh. Which reminds me, I started reading both The Hobbit and uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to Cash, and he now has glasses. Separate topic. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features. They got new designs. They got more support. They've got the most amazing templates for you to start with. Tons and tons of style options. So all you have to do is go in there and tweak a little slider, slide little sliders, and you can take a template that a hundred thousand other people could have used and make it completely your own and make it look nothing like those just by by turning knobs and twisting dials. And they've got two new really cool features out. The first one is Audio Collections. It's a tool for musicians. It lets you upload music directly to Squarespace. You don't have to worry about where to put this stuff, where to host this stuff. It's all right there. And easily share your albums from your website, complete with a beautiful integrated player. You've got album art. you got everything. They also have this really cool thing for those people who are shipping stuff. They have a 3D visualizer for shipping. They take all the factors of shipping into account. So you enter the product weights, you enter the carrier options, and then it shows you a 3D rendering of the box and how the stuff is going to fit in the box and what it's going to look like. And then they'll talk to the shipping companies, tell you how much it's going to cost. It's really amazing. Go to squarespace.com. Starts at eight bucks. Code is goblin. 10% off squarespace.com. Thank you very much to uh, Squarespace for supporting five by five and back to work. <laughs> 
Nailed it. One one shot, one go. Yeah, one in, one out. That was good. I'm excited about that Squarespace for musicians. It's a, it's such a great. You could move all of the bacon race stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. In the I used to yeah, in my chats with them over the years, I've always kind of said, uh, you know, way off the record. Hey, why don't you do a thing for this, or why don't you do a thing for that, or like, why? Gosh, you guys are so, you know. And like in the last year. And of course, they go, mm-hmm, that's very interesting, Merlin. Thank you. You're obviously very, uh, very intelligent. And over the years, uh, last couple of years, so many of the things that I've wanted to see them do, let me put it this way. The functionality has been there. It's just not been presented in a way that's tuned for certain audiences. Right. So I've always thought, personally, I've always thought, duh, Squarespace is so perfect for somebody who runs a restaurant. Squarespace is so perfect for like an independent writer for who wants to like sell their work. Anybody who's a musician who wants to sell their stuff. And in the last, like, really, I guess the last year, since six came out, but really in the last probably six months to a year, they've been just on fire. I, I, and they got a new template, or they got a new is it Forte? Was it they got a new template that just came out? They just they're they're they really are. This can become a broken record, but it, it, they really are constantly putting out actual new stuff you can put your hands on. Let alone stuff that makes their stuff more you know uh, reliable and stay up better and all the infrastructure stuff. Right. They're just constantly introducing new stuff that is that has been designed and implement it to work well for a certain kind of user, and it's so fun to use. So anyway, good, good, good for them. They're, they're such a swell company. Good guys, and uh, they're long supporters of us. So you asked what kind of luggage I got. Yeah, what kind of luggage did you get? <clears throat> this is something that I've, of course, been researching a lot. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get the right thing. Can, can, I, can I jump in for a second? Please do. Is this what you were talking to Jim about on Amplify? Jim was talking about a bag he got, and it sounded oh. like that kind of touched your prostate regarding bags. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> no. Uh, I had been, it's a euphemism, Dan. I know. I've been, I've been looking at this thing uh, for a while and trying to decide, because here's, here's what I found, is back to the whole laptop thing. Um, I've been doing more traveling over the last, you know, year or year and a half, maybe a little bit longer than I'd done in in the year many my maybe my whole life before that. And I found that when I uh when I am traveling, I'm I like to try and fit everything into one carry-on bag. I like to I don't I'm I don't like to have one laptop bag over my shoulder with some crap in it and then another bag that I've got to wheel around behind me. And I just, I prefer to try and get it all into one. And I've found that, you know, there's so many different configurations, but I've learned after taking all these trips, number one, how little I can actually make do with how if I pack effectively. Number two, how the those different like packing things, like the things that compress your shirts if you don't roll them and the little, you know, the little other folding things, all the, the, the little compartmental things uh, make it so much easier to pack and so much faster to pack. And then uh, combined with that, the fact that I hate just chucking a laptop in, in my carry-on bag. That's not okay. So, some of these bags have a special laptop style compartment. And so every time I would, I was doing a lot of research reading things on Amazon and Zappos and, and just in general, there, there are so many great articles about packing and like effective ways to do it. And one of the, the things that I kept noticing here and there from people who seemed like really experienced travelers who do way more traveling than, than I ever would do. Uh, but people who are traveling weekly or biweekly and on, on four or five days trip, you know, multiple times a month, they all, always kept talking about this thing called the flight crew four. 
And this thing kept coming up and I'm like, I've never heard of this. And I would look for it on Amazon. I would look for it on Zappos. I could never find this thing. I could find that the same company that makes that is called Travel Pro, one word, Travel Pro. They make something called like the Crew 8 and the Crew 9. But I kept seeing in those reviews, oh, don't get this. It's not made as well as the Flight Crew 4. Finally, come to find out, Flight Crew 4 is designed, it, it is the Travel Pro original rollerboard that was made for airline pa, uh, airline employees. It was made for pilots and uh, flight, what are they calling now? What's the uh, Flight crew. Flight crew. And it was made for <laughs> those people and it's sold on sites like crewoutfitters.com and things that consumers can buy from but would never necessarily know about unless they knew about this. So it turns out that that for 139 bucks, you can get what is the best rollerboard style carry-on bag that's going to fit in pretty much every national, most international uh, flight you know requirements. It's super, super lightweight, but made really, really well. It's got everything is thought of. It's got the front pocket for like your snacks. It's got the place for the laptop dedicated with the strap in it. And it's all thought about. It's got a little expanding back thing on the back of it that you can put your it's great like it has everything and it's completely no frills nobody's going to look at this bag and be impressed uh you know except maybe somebody who works you know for an airline they're going to know oh this guy knows what he's doing but it's not like it it's not a brand name that anyone would recognize you're not going to have any but it's like it's like an industry standard it's an industry standard that that the insiders know about and it's it's the best like it's outrageously perfect in every single way and i'll put this into the show notes this is travel pro travel pro flight crew for rollerboard right the 22 inches the industry standard that's the biggest that you can go uh without being too big to fit in most things now keep in mind depending on the plane yeah you might your extension for that last hundred miles might be one of those ones where it's just barely big enough for a purse right right and i forget i forget which one it is but there's there's the one that has the three seats on the one side and the two seats on the other side is that the md80 i i i've been on it it's very small and and you can that one mini it's a minivan with a toilet that doesn't work yes and that like you can only put it on the one side it doesn't fit on both but anyway this is this is great. So you know, I've got that, and I'm, I couldn't be happier. But I could spend all show talking about just that. How I um, it. I'm uh, I would love to talk about this. I'm going to make an, one note on that, uh, just based on this on the photograph for this item. Um, my game changed when I got a roller bag with four wheels instead of two. Oh, you're one of those. That this is this is a divide. This is almost as significant as like the the the, the Mac and PC. Divide, but I don't like that analogy for it because both of these are good for different reasons. Why do you like the foursome? Um, it's just way if you're walking through a city with people and you have, especially if you have more than one thing, if you got a kid or something, uh, it's way easier. Well, let's say first of all that if you've got four wheels, four wheels good. You can uh, <laughs> you can you can do it on its four wheels, or you can do it in the standard two wheel you know, um, dragging posture as well. You can do right. both. But the four wheels, for moving quickly through an airport, for having to maneuver around people, uh, it reduces the size of your personal radius greatly. And uh, it's also, if, if, for example, if you need help, if you need your kid to push one of the bags, it's way easier to push that one. I did, you know, I didn't really think about those things because this is kind of a specific purpose thing. Um, 
But that's a really good point. For me, I always feel like the um, I always feel like that the four wheels is a little somehow it's a, it adds a little weight and it's a little less. Is a little less stable, like it could roll away from you. I love that I can put the bag up and it's just going to sit there and it's sort of like I got a parking brake yeah. on it. You know, well, like I say, you could you can do either way, and I, I'm not trying to second guess your decision. It's, no, no, I'm I'm, well, I'm fascinated learned, to learn. Well, one thing I've learned from being um, a most kind of reformed packing nerd, I used to be really into this stuff. Really. Yeah, I bought books and would look at websites, and I learned that crazy packing the the, the packing system, the one bag system. But what's funny is, uh, like you learned, your research brought you to this, right? Your research brought you to this as like the bag that everybody gets and is happy with, and so forth. At the time I was doing it, there was this one bag that Red Ox made that mm. was like the go-to carry-on, and uh, it was pretty cool because it's kind of a weird combination of like you guess the Red Ox. Let's try like Red Ox one bag or something like that. But um, it, it it's really interesting because yeah, Air Boss that's the one. Um, but Air, one Air Boss carry on bag. I think that's it. But I, I bought one and I, it arrived and my god, the build quality on it was incredible. It comes with a, a really nice strap with that like kind of rubberized um, pad. So, so this isn't a roller one. This is like a. What do no, you, what would you call these? Therein lies the story, or the ah, rub, or something, okay. or the prostate. Duffel bag. bag. No, but, I, but you can do, if you're doing like that packing system that people do, like this is a great one bag system, but it drove me bananas because if the amount of junk, this is at a time when I had a 17-inch MacBook Pro, if memory serves, and uh, I would, man, was this thing ever heavy to have on one shoulder? And for men of a certain age, like a shoulder bag is just like, oof. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the thing is, I can't people, do. I can't do that. But here's the thing, and this is why I say it's such a personal thing. There's no. I don't think there's any clear winner to any of this, um, because your own preferences and needs are so different. And from going from flight to flight, like for example, like I, I didn't. Again, I'm not trying to give you a a, uh, a trick question here, but like that bag you got. If you are, th- this happens to me probably. I don't know. Uh, one out of nine flights or so, where I, I unexpectedly say your flight changes. Say they change the plane that you're going to be on. You thought right. you were booked on this 319, but it's actually going to be this, you know, regional, you know, MD something. And so, the thing is, there you you can't take your bag on board. Full stop. You know, you don't know that until you're walking on the plane. This happens. You will be walking and go, okay, I've got my my very thoughtful 22 inch carry on bag that I load like a gentleman, and uh, you know. The, the thing is, if you've packed for that to be your primary bag with a laptop in it, what happens when you get, as has happened to me in the last six months, you get to the door and they say, there's somebody there with a green tag. Mm. And they go, uh, sorry, this is a crappy little plane. We're going to have to give you your bag when you get off. So in my case now, I'm scrambling to get my laptop out of there because I don't want the gorillas right. down, downstairs throwing it around. Oh, oh God. That, that's, the, that's the only hang up. Like I oh, pretty much, if I know I'm going to be on like a big boy flight, I'll put my laptop inside the bag and put it up above because mm-hmm. that's just less to have to haul around in the seats. You know, let's pause for a moment to say this all sounds very petty, but traveling is so, so annoying and so hard. And like, if you're a thinker like I am, not in a good way, but like, or like you are, like I will think, try to think this stuff through as much as I can to create an optimal experience, like accounting for all the various ways that things can go wrong. Like say, you know, <laughs> there was a Saturday Night Live sketch about this a few weeks ago where you're in seating group two and you go, oh, awesome. I'm in seating group two. <laughs> seating group two on, some, on like United is like seating group 500. There's so many people who get on the plane before you that even if you're in like row 12, 
if you're in seating group two, there's still a pretty good chance there's going to be nowhere to put your bag when you get on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. Have you experienced this? Yeah, I mean, maybe I mean, it's I, my business class. But when I, I no, 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 I did that. I did that once. No, actually, I've I've, I've never flown business class. I flew first class oh, on one one trip. Oh. but um, that I rarely get that, and I will never, never pay for it on my own. It's just way too costly. But in any case, um, people, I try to be a good traveling citizen. So you know, I used to. I really, I used to be. I used to check bags a lot more. But now I realize it's risky. It is actually kind of risky. Oh, it's terribly risky. Uh, they, one of the the guys that works here in um, they they uh, co office with us had a nightmare of a time. He was going to a wedding, uh, and he I probably shouldn't even say the airline. He was going to a wedding in New York. He had uh, bought a new suit. Had the new suit completely custom tailored. He was going to be, I don't know if he was best man or if he was, but he was in the wedding, right? And right. he got the, the suit, he got it tailored, he got it everything, and they lost uh, his luggage, lost the suit, among other things. And he, instead of being in New York with his friends and family, uh, you know, enjoying the time with them, had to spend the next day and a half getting new shoes and a new suit and everything completely tailored and made and, and, Oh and, no! And wh- where's the money for that? You know, so he was back and forth with the airline oh, for 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 weeks trying to get reimbursed for some of it. I mean, it's just they lost it. They just flat lost it. We don't know where it is. We have no idea where your bag is. Sorry, it's really ironic. I this is this really belies my lack of understanding about any aspects of business. But if I ran an airline, there's a part of me that thinks I, I would charge people for carry on bags and let them have one moderately sized check bag for free right because because <laughs> what happens i don't i don't think the air the uh, the air waiters uh enforce those rules very well the rules about what size the bag has to be and people just come in there and they put it in sideways and then they have their 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 macrame knitting bag taken up like half of the thing and they don't get the whole you know what i mean there's not i guess what i'm saying is right now there's not that much reward for people who are trying to do the right thing which I, you know, I, I, I like you. I don't put my seat back. Uh, I, I bring a standard size bag. I bring my have my backpack in the thing in front of me, and so forth. Um, but I mean, I think at, whereas San Francisco has way more cars than parking spaces, oh, God. I think on any given, I mean, way more cars than parking spaces. It's impossible. It's like a you know, it's like an IQ test, and no one's winning. <laughs> and on a flight, I mean, there's obviously way more cubic inches of baggage people bring on than could ever fit. And it really, think about this. Think about how that, ex- how that makes the boarding process take so much longer. Mm. It's not, I don't know. Maybe I'm way off the map. But if, I think you should charge people 15 bucks to bring a roller bag on the plane. You'd pay it, right? I'd pay and it, that sure. Way- and, then, and then I'd have more space because the people who have never flown before, who oh. have you know bags and bags with them and don't know how to load it, I love it. I love walking onto a plane. And I, I know I already know which side of the plane my seat is. I know where I, I'm not surprised. Oh, it's an aisle seat. I didn't know it was an aisle seat. No, I picked the seats. And even if I didn't pick the seat and I got it assigned, I already know the main types of planes that are out there. I know based on the configuration of those planes that where my seat's going to be. I could look it up on my phone if I didn't know that, you know. But I'm going to walk in. I know. I know where. The seat is going to be a basic vicinity. Is it the front, the back, the middle? I know this. I know which side it's on. I also know based on the kind of plane if I'm going to be able to put the thing on the left side or the right side. You know what I'm saying? And I love Mm -hmm. to just walk in and do this. And then so you're sitting there and you see people and they just they look stunned 
that they're on an airplane. They've given it no thought whatsoever. <laughs> and they're carrying a large pizza. Yeah, they're carrying a large exactly. And 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 it just I had no idea there wouldn't be room for my pizza. <laughs> right. Do you mean you mean they don't make a pizza-sized tray for me to use when I'm here in the plane? And they come, and they're just they're just it's like they've never flown before yet they've spent zero time doing any kind of preliminary research to find out what being on a plane is like today in modern times you know and and they don't they don't have any idea where to put their stuff they don't know what to do with their seats they don't know how to do anything and all of these things are are findable information it's not you know in in 10 or 15 minutes of preparation you'd know almost everything you need to know about the travel that you're just about to engage upon embark upon and they go onto this plane and they look around they don't know they don't know what they're doing and they're just kind of shuffling on people who don't know how to uh, pick up their bags. Do I have a handle on the side of my bag or is it just the top? Should I pick it up by the, th- oh, that thing expanded up when I tried to pick it up. I guess that wasn't the handle. You know, like, know your own bag a little mm-hmm. bit. You've packed mm-hmm. it. Know how to pick it up. You know, these kinds of things are just, it's amazing to me that people uh, don't, and they don't think about it. They've got time to think about it and they don't think about it. Think about what you're about to do is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Spend a minute. No, it takes a minute. Though I think one of the I agree with you, but um, I, I think what might be worse on the one hand, what might be worse in some ways are the people who know exactly what they're doing and who come on with the equivalent of two roller bags and just because they, so they're, the, <laughs> they're, they're the, gaming they're, the system. They're the guy who stands there even though his row hasn't been called yet and will like try to get through a couple times when then the air waiter says go to the back of the line we're not calling your section yet yeah and so forth. But the other one and I, you know I'm not, I don't feel quite as strongly as you about this, but it's still frustrating, is when somebody comes and they've got their bag. So they've thought, oh, well, I'm not going to spend $15 to check a bag. I'm not a sucker. So they got that. Plus, plus you've got like a giant purse or man bag. Yeah. Plus, and this is the one that I find so perplexing, is the, like, like they've just been to Ralph's. Like they're carrying <laughs> like six white bags of something. Like I don't know if they went through like the to get M and M's at customs or something, but they've got all the things that you would bring to the airport, like a person. But then they're also carrying retail bags of stuff onto the plane, and that's kind of disruptive to how the plane is put together. Because you know if you can fit that under your seat, you probably won't because you want a place to to put your feet under there, right? Right. right. So you jam it up into the thing where other people are putting their bags. All I'm saying is that, that this is this is chaos. This is Ragnarok. Nobody agrees on all of these things. I think maybe if you look like somebody who might be trouble, maybe maybe this should be for everybody. There should be a simulator on the ground at the gate. You know how they got the thing where if you put your bag in here, if it doesn't fit in here, it's too big. Well, I think to get on the plane, you should have to step into a simulator that's exactly as wide as one seat. And the, and the you know the seat below. Yeah, you should have to demonstrate that you can put your bag into a very crowded simulated overhead, and still fit with your pizza into that area and not be disruptive to anybody else. And if you can't fit into there in that configuration in less than a minute, you, you need to go back and get some uh, some remedial air travel training. Yeah, because because it is disruptive. And I think you the, when you were ranting so eloquently a minute ago, the part that grabbed me is I think. When people plan for a trip, they think, okay, you see a lot of people, again, in that great Saturday Night Live sketch. It was the Tina Fey, I think, season premiere episode. It was very funny. We're now boarding uh, everyone who's making very important charts. And it's lots of guys with, they're holding up their, their, uh, you know, their, their PCs and making graphs. Right. And uh, now <laughs> people who fart <laughs> and loading everybody up. But uh, it's, it's that I think people anticipate 
more space in general and more freedom of movement in general than they remember or are aware of. Right. Because if yeah, you're if the on last a time standard, flew was, was 10 years ago, forget it. Dude, it's if the different. last time you flew was five years or even yeah. two years ago, yeah. it's amazing where even if I've popped for the extra, whatever, 80 bucks to get, you know, a few nanometers of extra knee room. If, if you're in standard United or God forbid US Air, uh, coach, mm. I think you could be real surprised that you could be somebody of, of say, my, my or your modest stature and still be, it's still almost impossible to move. Yeah. Like you, you, you really, if, if, especially if you're next to somebody who's not particularly considered, especially if you're in the center, like you really have mostly your body width and that's it. That's it. You can't and turn so, around, you can't turn your luggage around. Now, that sounds obvious to everybody who travels today, and I'm, I'm not trying to say that, say that to try and sound condescending, but what does that mean? What that means is you can't really like stretch out and put your elbows across, and if you do need to get to your laptop and you're in the center and you're next to, or like, let's say you got the window and you're by two sleepers, like how are you going to get to your laptop? Well, that's where the planning matters. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe we can get to some practical components. One thing that I do when I get on a plane, and I know if it's going to be a five or more hour flight, five hours is kind of my like, Mm, let's really get let's get situated because it's going to be a while level of flight. Right. So one thing I'll do is when I get on, first of all, get out of get out of the darn aisle and let people get by. Like you don't need to stand in the aisle to ponder what C means to you. Like just get in there, get in, let people get by, get your bag up, move quickly. But once you're there, I'll stick my notebook, my iPad, uh, and my you know headphones or whatever. Um, into the <laughs> that pocket in the back of the seat. Mm-hmm. I should love that pocket. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about what's been in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I try not to, but I do the same thing you do. I shove the laptop right in there. What I've one thing I've got that I like a lot though um, that is was I forget who made this, but it's for the purpose of traveling. But I bought this little bag that it looks almost like a toiletries bag. But imagine a bag that's about it's almost like a large envelope. It's about maybe eight or ten inches across, about five inches high, and about an inch or two deep. So it's like a half folio envelope kind of bag and so it zips open and it's got a couple compartments and Mm -hmm. you can stick your boarding pass in there Mm -hmm. what what, why is that great here pens headphones uh if you have like an eye cover thing you want or something like that anything candy mints anything throw it all in that bag and first of all it's great because it's all in one bag now you stick that in the seat in front of you and you've got your kind of go-to travel like in the seat bag, but it's also nice because I'm not, not to be that guy, but you don't have to stick all your stuff into that pocket where I, I have, we have forgotten at least two Kindles in the back of that pocket. Um, I've, I've lost at least one set of headphones in that oh, pocket. God. Always put stuff into a bag over putting it out loose. Cause right. you never know when you're going to have to move or, or get away. Don't get too spread out. That's what I say. So, so in other words, I'm sorry, I'm going on. No, but this like, is perfect. But getting comfortable in your space means responsibly taking care of your own stuff. Keep it in your area um, and I may have other t- I have other tips along these lines, but I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop being what I perceive to be a good citizen because other people are being bad citizens. I'd like to think that I could be, if not an example, at least not a problem. You know, it's just that from the minute you get to the it's a it's a constant test of mindfulness from the minute you leave the house mm-hmm. to, to the minute you arrive back home. Like there's always so many opportunities to get anxious and unhinged, and. Uh, I don't know. I think controlling your own little space and being cool about it. And really, honestly, I, you know, I'm always wearing those hobo, uh, you know, um, skull caps. Those are great to bring on a flight because you can put it over your eyes, get a little nap, put on some headphones. But anyway, I'm talking too much. No, this is perfect. Yeah. I, the economics are not, I mean, it really does feel like a big bus right now. 
No, that's all that it is. I mean, people who, you know, you watch more these, than more than most people remember. Like, it's yeah. really like a bus right now. No, it's it is a bus. And they the people that there is with the exception of first and business class. That is a completely different world and experience. You board first. And by the time that the other people are figuring out where to put their bags and if they're going to have to check it and all that nonsense, you and I, I, this is not an exaggeration. You are literally drinking champagne. You are sitting up front. You've been given a hot towel. You're also spending six thousand dollars. Whatever it takes. You're you're <laughs> you know you're you're clean now. You're rested. They're bringing you things. You don't have to ask for it. You want a drink? You just order a drink. There's no cost associated with the drink. You get actual silverware made of metal. You get real food in the back. You're like, oh, do you want these? Uh, do you want the pop chips? Yeah. How much are those? Those are eight dollars for the pop chips. Are they gluten free? No way to know. Yeah. Up front, you're like, oh, well, you could get the steak or the chicken. It really is a whole different world. This, this but gets the, to almost, my... nobody, almost nobody gets that. I don't get that. I got that once. I've gotten, I've gotten it a number of times, but never. I've, I don't think I've ever paid for first class on my own. I just There's no way. It's just ridiculously costly. It's but so expensive. I would suggest, if, if, if I may, that you tell us about something you like. And then I would like to talk about some specifics of how to prepare for a flight in a way that will not make it perfect, but will definitely make it less imperfect. I would love to hear this too. Is that would that be useful to that you? It would be very useful. Our second sponsor of the day, brand new, just came out, Air Display 2 from Avatron. Now you've all heard about these apps that let you extend your computer display wirelessly to a nearby device, right? Air Display from Avatron Software does just this. It's been among the top paid apps in the utilities category in the iTunes App Store. Here's here's the way that this works. You get uh, there's this uh, software called Air Display Host. Okay, that's free. You run that on a Mac or a Windows PC. Then you get the Air Display Client, which is $9.99. It allows a client device to be used as either an extended or mirrored display for the host computer. An Air Display device it can be used with any number of Air Display en- enabled computers, so not just one. You can connect your iPad to your office computer, for example. When you arrive home, connect the same iPad to your home machine. Now, unlike a, a bunch of apps that have come out since air display came out it's the, what what makes this awesome is the intuitive setup and the seamless user experience you can launch the app and you get back to work with basically no distraction and uh they they've been tested for the last month on mavericks air display 2's performance is even better with uh the ipad air the retina ipad mini because both the way they handle graphics and the new wi-fi that both of those have it's going to be even faster you can do uh multiple displays simultaneously with really really fast video performance and and uh and again it's just so easy to use these this is really really great there's a way better setup there's a smooth integration into ios 7 and uh their host to client communication is 50 percent faster than in the previous version with the new one so air display 2 is normally 9.99 but this is a big launch and uh and they want to they want to give something to our listeners okay so Air Display 2, it's 50% off for one day today, October 22nd. So if you're listening live or you get this thing today, go to avatron.com slash YYZ. I don't know why it's YYZ. That's the URL. It'll be in the show notes. And you're going to get Air Display 2 for 50% off and you'll be supporting Back to Work. So go check this out. I love this. It's like having a a palette. You know, you ever do that when you were doing design stuff? Yeah. You get a palette monitor? Yeah. You can make you can you can take your you know thirteen inch MacBook Pro. You can take your Air. You can take your iPad. Whatever, and that becomes an extra 
screen. You just set it down. Now you've got two screens. You don't plug anything in. You've got crap configured. It's like you just magic. sit down. Boom. Done. Thank you very much to avatron.com slash YYZ for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. Off the record, I'd like to acknowledge uh, they, <laughs> they sent me a code for this, and I, I, I went ahead and installed it. I just haven't had time to install the, uh, the Mac client, but it looks super. It's so cool because you yeah. walk into your – you've got your Mac Pro sitting there, and you show up – what do you have, an 11-inch Air? Is that your go-to? I have a 13-inch Air. 13-inch. So you, you drop the 13-inch Air right next to it. And that becomes, on the fly, the second monitor for your Mac Pro or vice versa. It's crazy. That's, that's, that's bananas. Yeah. And, and, okay, I'm, I, this, is, this is technology way beyond my comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know how it works. Um, I, I have a, a very, very large pattern that I think we could talk about in a lot of specifics. But it's a pattern that I forget at my peril, and I'm pretty glad and a little smug that I do remember it most of the time. And here is the pattern. Don't assume that anything is going to go your way on the plane. Um, Explain. So, Ex- give, okay. me, give me an example of something that could go your way and won't. Well, okay, yes, I, I absolutely will. Let me, let me start by saying that the anti-pattern, which is kind of the, the standard belief, is that there will be sumptuous food in great quantities available. <laughs> or anything. There will, be, <laughs> there will be nearly unlimited opportunities to urinate. Uh, there will be an amazing, amazing endless buffet of entertainment options only a finger click away mm-hmm. uh, you will have an operating perfectly serviceable full suite of charging facilities built into your seat mm-hmm. you will have a slender statuesque person in the seat next to you that will enable you to do numerous aerobic exercises with complete body mobility here's the thing charge everything and keep it charged before you get on the plane urinate and make dookies before you get on the plane <laughs> eat before if you can eat before eat a bit eat, eat the larger meal before you get to the airport but remember that you're, you're walking into a funnel mm-hmm. like there's your world your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller as you get closer to that seat and the number of options that you have gets smaller and smaller and the number of fallbacks that you have if something didn't go well approaches zero in all of these instances so i i can't tell you how many times i mean i love flying on virgin but for especially for the first year and continuing sporadically afterward, the red entertainment system would just go tits up for no reason. Mm. Sometimes somebody just had a bad monitor in their seat. Yeah. So you're you're ready to tuck into eight hours of you know Breaking Bad or whatever's on the screen or Boing Boing or whatever you want to watch. And if your screen's dead, there's absolutely zero they can do for you. They might give you like a free drink or something, but they have no power over a broken screen. Uh, the Linux is dead on that one. Whatever. Right. <laughs> Because, yeah, you see, watch it boot up. It's pretty funny. But, um, you know, the other thing, you might, yeah, there might be a 110-volt uh, charger under your seat. But what if it's broken? If you had planned to do all your charging on the plane, and I'm just saying I've done this. I've gone like, okay, I am officially, I've arrived. I'm a Buddhist who has arrived now. <laughs> I have everything that I shall need. Right. I will have all this food. But, dude, I'm telling you, about half the time, some of the amenities are not available. They're, if you haven't noticed yet, they're trying really hard to minimize the amount of weight in general on the plane. They are not going to give you like a big bottle of water anymore. So you're going to get that little dinky water, and then they're going to grab your cup and all the other remaining service items, ladies and gentlemen, once again. So if you want water, bring water. If you want to pee, pee before you get on the plane. If you want to have a halfway decent meal, have it before you even leave for the airport. But by all means, if it means a lot to you to eat, 
Don't go, oh my God, I can't wait until I get a hoagie on the plane. Because there may not be any food on the plane. Right. There, well, there won't be. There just there. won't be. And they'll just say, they'll just, you open to the back and you go, you're perusing your filthy little magazine. And like, oh, I have three different options for snack boxes. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are restricted to the snack pack, back pack, snack, the jam pack, the jack pack, the jam pack, junior are out today. 86 jam pack. You're just going to be out of luck. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, I know this all sounds obvious, but it can be so frustrating when you think, oh, I have this vision in my head of what I'm going to do on the plane. Like I'm going to finally, I'm going to read. I mean, obviously bringing just a small book is a good idea because you can always read a small book. Yeah. But, you know, your Kindle might die. Something might happen. Your iPad might get frozen. Funny thing, actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess a little over a week ago, my wife's, wife's iPad suddenly died. It would not take a charge. It would not come up. I know all the, the voodoo. It didn't work. Right. And so we just went in there and the Apple Store and they gave us a new one. That's great. I'm just saying, sometimes an iPad that is nine months old dies for no reason. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, be prepared for what's going to happen. If you're going into that with this very high expectation about all the luxury you're going to get, what, regardless of your class of service, just, be, just remember that you're really on your own on the plane. And so having stuff like having charged devices before you get on the plane, having lowered expectations for what's going to happen. I'm rambling, but I just can't, I, can't, I can't tell you how much better your flight will be if you get your expectations in the right place and then prepare accordingly. And that doesn't mean bring everything in the world. But it does mean, like, you know, you might be happier just getting a sandwich at your hotel and bringing a book of crosswords than with, like, way over-engineering whether you're going to be able to watch all of the Godfather movies on this one flight. Yeah. Your response? No, I mean, th- this This is what I, exactly what I, uh, you said it better about preparation and thinking about what might happen. And it's not – we're only talking about a few things here. We're talking about hydration. We're talking about food consumption and, and really – we're talking about urination and finally entertainment. Those are the few things that you need to. Th- <laughs> what, 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 what do you got? <laughs> These are the things that you need to think about before you get on the plane. How will I handle it if I get thirsty? I, I can tell you this. I have never once been on a flight where some kind of beverage was not made available. At the very least, water in a, in a much better scenario, champagne, Bloody Marys, other things like that. But at the very least, they're going to have water. They'll almost certainly have coffee. It might not be good, but it will it will exist and be available to you. But it may be 30, 45 minutes after you get on the plane before that water will be made available to you. Does Unless that... the flight is bumpy. Oh, true. Because if the flight's bumpy, guess what? The cart's not coming in. No, yeah. there's no food. There's no water. There's no nothing. And you can't go to the bathroom. Right. So that's sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just going to say, so they sell in, in, and I don't, don't even get me started on security lines. Oh, you don't want to get me started on the security line. <sighs> but at, once you get past the security line, you will have to get a beverage then. And it will, it will cost $3 or more for a bottle of water, but that's when you want to get it, get to the air, airport a little early and get yourself a bottle of water or Gatorade or whatever it is you like to drink on a plane. Get something like that. It will be there. You can get it. Then you can bring it on the plane with you. Now you have something to to drink in case that awful situation happens where they don't provide anything for you. Food? Oh, you, you've got to bring your own food. You can't rely on an airplane. It, depending on the airline, certain airlines will have better food options made available to you. Uh, but assume that they have nothing. Assume there well, and is assume, no food. Assume that you're going to have turbulence. Right. And right before... The, the, the air waitress gets to your row, they're going to have to put everything away. 
Because that, 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 I'm serious, that happens. happens all the time. You're, you're starving or you're thirsty or whatever. And I, I, I have to admit something. I don't have to admit. I choose to admit something. That something I've started to experience something that I never experienced before. It's not quite claustrophobia. It's not definitely not, strictly speaking, like panicking. Mm-hmm. But I, I, even with my modest stature... I am starting to feel a little bit hemmed in on certain flights. Like if you're next to like like a real big brawny people and somebody next to you has the seat back and on some of those flights seriously the um the ceiling is like 6 inches above your head. Oh, it's yeah. a little like coffin. And I never used to be like that, but I've gotten more like that. And so like I do feel more comfortable if I have some amenities. Like if I could my suggestion on the water thing not to be a big hippie, I would say get like a big mouth you know, one of those uh, plastic bottles that all the hipsters carry around, bring that empty to the airport. And after you go through security, just go to go over to Del Taco or whatever, fill it up with ice mm-hmm. and water. And now you've got, now you're good to go. Right. You're not going to, you know, you can still, you could still get a Bloody Mary if you want, but you're, at least you've got that now. You can stick that in a backpack and have it with you. Also stuff like jerky, beef jerky. Oh, that, I, I don't go anywhere without beef jerky. Yeah. I think everybody needs a go-to high protein source. No, you definitely have to have that, and you know if you're going to get fancy, go with the. Here's the thing: don't make bait, don't make up boiled eggs. Don't 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 bring stinky oh, things on a plane, really? please. Who does? I told you the story. I told you the story about the pizza woman. I told you the story. Yeah. She got on and she literally filled every cubic inch of space in her entire seat area, and then put a pizza on top of it. And I had to sit there and, and sit there while she ate part of a medium pizza on a plane. This is strange to me. It, it, the the boxes go going over into both. She's in the center seat. And she's eating a pizza. It's just weird to me. Yeah, I felt bad. I brought I brought some. My family was was really you know when you're a kid, all the rules are off. You become a psychopath. But you know we had to get food between these two flights on a thirty minute you know stopover. Yeah, and we actually we did bring fast food on the plane, and I felt terrible about uh, it. You know, don't don't beat yourself it up. Smells about Smells like all food smells like barf on a plane. Nah, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, by the way, just to clear things up. Yeah, let's clear things up, Dan. It it is the McDonnell Douglas MD eighty that I was thinking of where there are as you're entering the plane, walking from the front toward the back of the plane, on the left hand side are the three seats D, E, and F, and on the right hand side are A and B. And uh, and that's the one where likely on the A and B side, on the right side, your standard twenty two inch roller board carry on will not fit the way that they want you to do it, which is uh wheels out usually uh, or wheels in i mean wheels in it will not fit that way it will have to go on the other side oh the people who come in and just chuck their long sideways (laughs) right killing me that's that's like that is a little bit like getting into the three seat thing and putting your feet up and sitting on all three seats oh and here's a little you don't really understand the 90 degree angle issue here do you (laughs) yeah here's a little tip here's a little tip that, that that i want everyone to remember If you're lucky enough not to be on a flight that is completely full, you probably don't even need to ask to do this. I've never asked to do it. But if you're sitting on a row where you're like next to somebody and they close the doors of the plane and they take off and you're in the air and the captain flashes a little seatbelt thing and says, if you need to get up, we like you to sit there with your seatbelts on. But if you need to get up, you can get up. Look around yourself. And say, you know what? I'm sitting right next to somebody. But two rows up or three rows back or one row over to the right, you know what? There's a space and I could sit on the edge or I could sit in in, in this completely empty row. Go. 
all of the people who are sitting near and around you will thank you for doing this because everybody just got upgraded by you doing that. You know what I'm saying? If you're in a row where you're sitting next to someone and there's no one next to you, move over. If you're I, may, I, I, may, I may disagree. You disagree? Not, not, not strongly enough to say anything. Okay, walk me through it. Mm, okay, no. so you're, you're in it. No, I want to hear it. You're in a row and you're, you are, uh, let's say you're in that two row. You're in seat B, which is the aisle seat, right? And next to you, D, E, and F, there's somebody in F by the window, but E and D are open. And you don't know the person you're sitting next to in A. Do you move to D? I say, of course you move to D. Move one row up and sit in D. Of course. Absolutely. If is there somebody else already in that row? Oh, they're, the, they're at the window. Though. Window, yeah. And yeah. instead of you being sitting next to a, a, a stranger who's starting to sleep or maybe they're coughing, you got to get out of there. Is it equally ethical for that person to come and sit in the center seat next to the person by the window? No, you can't do that. Okay. How, well, how, where that rule? This is just common sense. Because you're already next to somebody, you'd actually be inconveniencing somebody who was lucky. You don't want to do that. This is this is kind of my point. I like ninety nine percent of most people today go and look at stuff like Seat Guru, and I go and look. And whenever I choose a seat, this is a real top secret trick. Well, I always go if all of the things being equal, I will go and pick a row that doesn't have other people in it, or that definitely I, where I definitely wouldn't have. Ideally, God, yeah. God willing, I won't get the center seat. But I'll usually pick a window, sometimes an aisle. But uh, I will go and I will try to strategically pick the row that doesn't have other people in it. I will have sort of planned ahead. I just, uh, sometimes the guys who do what you're describing are, are not very nice people and they're bullies. And, and so that's, that's the kind of folks that I don't like yeah. to see being a robot because I'm a small person. So but, like, um, here, here's an example. On my, on my last flight back from New York, um, my producer Hattie was sitting in the window seat. I was in the middle seat and there was a woman... I don't. I would describe her as larger than average, but we're in America, so maybe average. And she was uh, in in the seat to my right. the The flight took off. Seatbelt sign goes off, and I look up, and there were multiple rows and seats that were open. in 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 some cases, you had somebody sitting by a window, and then the other two seats open. In another case, there was uh, a row that, that was completely, but there were multiple ones where you have somebody window seat, window seat, window seat, and then middle and aisle seat open, middle, uh, middle aisle seat open, middle aisle seat open. I'm not saying that this woman should inconvenience herself by getting up and going and sitting in one of those other seats. That's not what I'm saying. But it was clear that she herself would have, just based on her actions and the way that she, she would have liked more space. Let's just, we'll leave it at that. She would have benefited from the additional space that she would have gotten. It was also clear that she does not fly frequently or maybe ever because uh, she w- she couldn't find figure out how to, where to put her stuff. She didn't know how to put the thing up in the top. She couldn't even really figure out what her seat was. She was not dumb. It was just she did not done this. It was clear this was her first experience or first in modern times. And you want her to know that she, it's okay for it's, her to oh, go. It would have been. I was not inconvenienced by the way that she was sitting. We we sort of silently worked out which part of the armrest I would get and which part she would get. I was fine with her sitting there. I had no complaints about it. She was fine. But for her own benefit, if she had chosen, she could have jumped a seat and been fully expanded and spread out, and uh, and it would have been okay. I'm just saying for people like her, that situation perfectly all right for her to do that. Hmm. I guess I feel like um, there's a there's a strange um, social contract 
that that's that's completely unofficial. But there's a funny combination of taking care of yourself and doing what you can to to make things easy on other people as well. Mm. And I think that today in particular, air travel in particular, it does not bring out our better angels. I think I think it's a people really feel. I don't feel taken care of on a flight. No, I really feel like I've got to like just in terms of dealing with the airline in particular. I feel like they're going to do everything they can. Let me put it this way. I, I think it's not even something where they're looking at me and going, oh, how much money can I make off this person? I think they feel like they've gotten the money for the flight and now they've got to get me there safely. But there's really not that much incentive for them to do much special stuff. Sometimes there will be people like sometimes the, um, uh, the what's the actual official word? The um, attendants, airline attendants. Flight, sometimes air, be flight a, amazingly nice, amazingly helpful. It'll just be weird. Sometimes there's like five really awful mean people working on the plane and then like one really nice person and it's yeah. really inexplicable. But, yeah. you know, it's a tough job. I wouldn't want it. But, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's a weird um, social science experiment on a plane because on the one hand, yeah, there are things you can do to make it, things easier on yourself. Like if you bring your own little water, if you, you know, do any serious um, bathroom work before you get on the plane, if you bring something that you can read that will keep you occupied, that's good because now you will feel taken care of by yourself. You've got stuff that will keep you occupied and comfortable. Um, You're not depending on these external factors to make you happy because those external factors ain't what they used to be yeah. and you can't really depend on them. But the thing is, by extension, you're also making it easier on everybody else because now you're not getting in and out of the seat over and over. I'm not saying that you, you should get what you need on the plane, but if everybody did these little things to take care of their little half acre, it would also make it easier on everybody else in, in a good way, not in a selfish way. You know, It's just that in a weird way, it does benefit all of us to take care of our own little space and as much, you know, but you know, I think we get so selfish or worried or anxious about like, like getting ripped off mm-hmm. by other people, whether that's an extra 16th of an inch on the armrest or right. whatever. Like there's just all these little turf wars where it makes us feel a little bit more secure if we win this little battle, you know, with, with whoever. Like I won this battle by changing seats and they didn't catch me. I won this little battle by, you know, getting extra nuts from this person or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I just, the one reason that environment is so awful is it gets, keeps getting closer and closer to like Thunderdome, where we're eventually just going to have to like, they're going to throw like a large, large piece of meat and we're all just going to have to tear at it. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't bring out the best in people. No. You know, it doesn't. really encourages all the most selfish things. And I'll say this for myself, but for other people too, it really feels like people who might ordinarily be really nice people get really selfish and ugly um, when they're traveling. And I have to tell you, it's all I can do not not to get that way. But I, you know, at least yeah. preparing helps. And and you know what? One thing we haven't really talked about uh, is is how to handle you. Di- again, I think you did talk about this a little bit on the customer service episode. But I want to talk about it again about things like scheduling and flight delays. Before I do that, can I tell you about yeah, our tell last about something, something sponsor? You like. yeah. So er, you know, earlier in the show, told you about one of our sponsors who's uh, incredible when it comes to you know, creating an amazing website. Well, there's a lot of us out there who still like to write our own code. We like to design our own site. Brett Terpstra, for example, a man that's been helping me. He, he's the one that helped me with the little embeds. Did I tell you about the embeds? Uh, I saw the embeds. You got to talk about that. Come back to that. Okay. Well, you know, I, I do but a not lot everybody, of... But people need, some people need to get their hands on the code and they need a place to put it. They want to write their code or maybe they want to have a really simple way to host their site because guess what? A lot of people use things like WordPress. There are a lot of 
software packages that are a, an incredible pain to install. And you just, you, but you need them. You want to host them. It's what you're used to. For whatever reason, it's something that you like to do. Well, guess what? HostGator.com, premier web hosting provider. These folks are amazing at taking the stuff that is hard and making it easy. You want to deploy a Rails site. You're writing code in PHP. You want a place to host tons of your stuff like our, uh, our friend Bill Wadman who hosts on Taking Pictures. He's been a HostGator customer for six or seven years. This is one of the places that he keeps all of his photos, his media. If, you're start, if you want to start a website and you want to go and have full control over the server, over the system, over the software and the way that it's installed – Go check these guys out. They've got regular old shared hosting, just like in the old days, but optimized and modernized. They've got VPSs. They've got dedicated servers. You're going to get guaranteed 99.9% uptime, and you're going to get unlimited bandwidth. You're going to get unlimited disk space. And again, these free site builder tools that are so awesome, so easy to use. They make even the most difficult software installs just one click. So, uh, uh, 24-7 support, of course, by people who really, really know what they're doing. And you, you can't confuse these guys. Uh, HostGator.com is where you're going to go. And there's a coupon code. They call it a coupon code, by the way. Back to work 10. Back to work 10. 30% off everything at HostGator. Now, that code is going to work for the whole month of October. But if you're looking to switch web hosts for some reason, maybe you're with one company... I don't know, they got sold, something happened, you want to move away. Special promo going. Okay, switch it up. Switch it up, that's the name. Switch it up is that code 50% off. But again, that that one's ending today, October 22nd too. So revert back to the back to work 10, you're going to get 30% off. But uh, end of the day today, switch it up, 50% off. Check these guys out, hostgator.com. Thanks very much to them for supporting. We got to get this, I'm sorry, Dan, we got to get this show out as quickly as possible. We'll get it out. Our thanks to HostGators for supporting 5 by 5 back to work. We're going to hurry. Woo! So, uh, delays. Delays happen. And I remember when I didn't travel a lot, and I was, I was on some kind of a trip, and they had us uh, waiting at, at one gate. And then they changed the gate, and the gate that they changed us to was all the way across the airport. Everybody had to get up and, and hightail it over Ugh. to the other gate. We're all running over there. We get there, and then it, it, you're, just, you're sitting there, and you're watching it, and it goes from 20-minute delay to hour delay to now it, it just they don't even know. And oh, I was, right, right, right. Yeah. I was so stressed out, and there was this guy sitting there in a business suit, sitting there with his one bag, carry-on, you know, rollerboard, it just see this is before iPhones, and he's just he's just sitting there. He's totally chilled out, you know. None of us have anything to do, and he's just sitting there. And I, you know, we sort of struck up a conversation, and he could tell I was stressed. I was like, "I ah, just relax." I'm like, "It looks like we're not going to get out of here, you know." Then what if we have to get a hotel room? What if we have to do another thing? And we, you know, what about getting the thing? And he's like, eh. "I'm like, why? Why are you so relaxed about it?" He's like, "They'll they'll get us there one way or another. We'll get there." I'm like, yeah, but I have stuff to do. He's like, what can you do about it? You can't can't make the plane get here. Can't fix it. You know, you, what are you going to get on a different flight? You think that'll be easier? It won't be. <laughs> Just relax. Right. And it would like, I was like, well, that's easy for you to say, you know. And he's like, well, why? Well, I'm in the same boat as you. Mm-hmm. And and that you're literally helpless, and you're absolutely at the mercy of the guy who's got the part in his truck driving to go fix the plane. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, absolutely nothing we can do about that. Yes. And it, hearing you describe it that way, it also makes me think how, uh, you know, first of all, 
the whole process, I mean, from the time you step into somebody's cab, you've never met that person before. Right. Like you're stepping into a car that's going to go 80 miles an hour with somebody you've never met and then give them money. Like that's, <laughs> it, that's the kind of thing where like when we're standing by the road and cars are going by at 60 miles an hour, I think, gosh, how strange it is that humans can like habituate themselves to these unnatural situations. Yeah. From the time you really, I mean, gosh, you get out of that bed that all those thousands of people have slept in. You, you go and check out of the hotel. Like the entire process, you're really at other people's mercy. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. But in that instance, um, I don't know why I keep thinking about this emotional um, aspect of it, but it's, it's one of those situations where you feel, can, can end up feeling so helpless, frustrated, anxious, angry, and helpless. Mm-hmm. Like you're still back at helpless. And mm-hmm. the, 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 it's one of those really challenging situations, again, like with, with any customer service thing, where you are, you're, let's just say, your anger and frustration is unfrickin' metered. Like it is off the charts. Like you're, you don't even know how hulked out you can get about this experience. And yet that is almost complete in, in, in like almost complete inverse relationship to the power you have to change it, right. which then makes you want to hulk out more. And that, that impulse is, is just so toxic in an environment like that. And what that guy, that guy, that frustrating guy, obviously this is, you know, your joke and I'm agreeing with it, is that he really had the right attitude, which is there's not that much, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. And, you know, it isn't even something where we, you know, honestly, I think you could make a case for saying, you know what, you're probably going to get better treatment if you're not a jerk. But even setting that aside, just for your own mental health, you know, (laughs) you know, be rational about it and ask like what you can change about it. And then when you, after five minutes, take a walk, come back, realize there's nothing you really can do about it. Like it, kinda, it doesn't matter what meeting you're going to miss. It doesn't matter if you're going to miss your kid's christening. It doesn't matter because there's nothing you can do about it at that point. Yeah. And what isn't that, isn't that like such an impossible situation to accept? Yeah, it really is. But and, and you're in it and you chose, for the most part, you chose to put yourself in all of these people's hands. You did. But like wh- however you ended up there, that's where you are. Yeah. And you know, that's one of those situations that's a real test uh, of really anybody's, oh, it's anybody's the, patience. It's the worst kind of test. But, you know, it, it really, everybody, almost everybody, unless you have really, really unique situations like your wife is in labor, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's mm-hmm. in the same boat. Do you all want to get home or wherever it is that you're going? You all want to get there. You all have something important to do. You're all waiting. You're all frustrated. You're all tired, you know? And... And it, it's, it, but it does suck. It just really sucks. And it, I guess the, there's this feeling that I haven't been able to successfully put my finger on that has to do with being in a group of people where you all feel um, powerless mm-hmm. and a little endangered. Mm-hmm. And without making any too much of a histrionic uh, metaphor, there are situations where something happens and it's just short of like a panic. Like it's right before that moment where you start running out of the theater right at the same moment it occurs to everyone else to run out of the theater, <laughs> right. which is when people start dying. Like it's, it, there's something about those, those, uh, what happens in a room when, when it's simmering like that and there's been all the delays and now it's getting more crowded in the, in the terminal. There's all these little things that start to happen. Now your, your kid's tired. You, you know, the, the, the sleep is thrown off. The eating is thrown off. Everything's thrown off. There's crying kids. That always makes things worse. Nobody likes that. You think anybody likes their kid crying? Grow up. Like, there's all this happening. <laughs> I know it's annoying. It's annoying for everybody, though. Like, imagine being six inches from it. Like, that's, but that's happening. And again, now, people wait for the next flight start showing up, and it's getting more crowded. There's nowhere to sit. There are people who keep going back to the desk again and again, and you can just feel the blood pressure, mm-hmm. you know, 
rising. And I find it, unless I am in that rare instance amazingly mindful, I find it very difficult to not have my blood pressure go up with the rest of the room. But um, on the one out of 10 good days I get it right, I am at least aware that, (laughs) wait a minute, stop. That's not actually helping. There's not, there really, this is not a, a theater on fire situation. There's nobody here who thinks their experience is not the most important thing in the world. Right. But like me taking a minute and taking a walk and coming back is not actually going to change that much. I might lose my seat, but <laughs> there's nothing that's going to be improved. I don't really have an answer for this, but that awareness going into it, when you travel, you know, I think you have to be prepared for the fact that you know, you get so much comfort, convenience, and familiarity in your day-to-day life. You get so much, you know, there's a thing on, um, oh, what's that BBC show? There's a really good BBC podcast about technology and, and people. And they're talking about what it means to travel today. To We've lost our sense of wandering, mm. you know, where we always have a phone with us. We can always look up, you know, which pub in this village has the friendliest innkeeper or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not, I don't have a super strong opinion one way or another. But I think it's just when we go into that situation, it's, un, it's unusual for us to feel that helpless. Or, or it's unusual for us to feel that helpless with no recourse. So what do you do? You're going to tweet about it? You're going to go on Facebook and get mad about it? I mean, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really have a solution except to say that the panicking is, is not going to help. You know, be as prepared as you can be. Be ready. Maybe go look at other flights that might be available. But, I, I, you know, when you're in a situation like that, I, I just don't think you make it better by getting angry. But it's almost impossible not to. Yeah. So what do you do? Get angry, I guess. Yeah. What do you do? I think I was on a flight. It was probably over a year ago, but it sounds it's so unusual today. But uh, it really struck me at the time. This guy, I, in retrospect, I feel like this guy must have been an air marshal. This guy walks <laughs> on. This guy walks on. He's wearing jeans and a comfortable shirt. Yeah. Like slip on shoes, carrying like a like a uh, like a trade paperback, like a, like a small like paperback novel. And uh, he walked onto the plane carrying a novel. And that's all he had with him. And for some reason, I, I was, it was like looking at somebody who was naked. I was just looking at him and I was like, oh my God. I, I, I mean, I've never gone on a plane that I didn't have at least like six things to amuse me. All right. Plus clothes. But he walked on. It was really weird. You know, you understand why I say, he, I'm, you know, he must have been an air marshal. Like, but, but he was totally comfortable. He just got on the plane. He sat down. He read his book. He slept a little. You know, he had some uh, some club soda, closed his book, and got off the plane when it was done. And the guy was such a model, like in my head, of like, you know, damn it, we're just walking on a plane and sitting in a chair. Like, how complicated, right? Make it. (laughs) I mean, there's. It's so funny that if you think about all the advice that we just gave, I think a lot of the advice we just gave is is really really good advice because it's not as simple as hey, just grab a book and be casual. Mm -hmm. Like you probably you got that seat at the last minute. That sucks. You have to bring. You have to do a presentation. You have to. I know. I know. Life's complicated. But like, think about that dude who just walks on with a book and then reads it and gets off the plane. Like, who who is that saint? Who is can, that guy that has like, that how, ability? How do you get to like being that okay? Like he didn't look cramped in his space. Mm-hmm. He had less stuff, uh, but he just he just disappeared into a book, took a nap, and then got up and got off. Just like you know, like he was on a streetcar or something. I don't know. Something about that maintaining that kind of carriage is inspiring to me because mm-hmm. you look at me coming on there with my exactly the right size bag and my perfectly packed you know i still i still want to be comfortable and have my stuff but it doesn't actually make me that much happier 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's a, it is a kind of dukkha, I guess. It's a big dukkha bag you bring <laughs> along with you of right. all these things that you hope will keep you happy. <laughs> but you're still essentially, if you have a good flight, it's not because you did anything right. It's just because nothing went wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think you That's can do right. things as the, All the of the things that were, that were out of your control happened to work out. Happened to work out. And so you had a really good flight and it happened probably because of all that preparation that you did. And you thank the Duca back. Right. <laughs> but, you know, uh, that's what I'm going to say, though. I'm going to say one thing that could make your whole life a lot better is uh, bring some water in a book. <laughs> so uh, what would be the minimum things that I would need to have with me to have a successful flight experience at, a, at an absolute minimum? So let's say you had to check your bag. What are you going to carry on? Yeah, I, I now I'm I'm walking. I've got my bag inside the you know a bag. I've got all this junk that's supposed to entertain me. And I walk up, and unfortunately, I booked the flight late. It was a business trip, and I've got I'm all the way at the back of the plane, so I'm boarding at the very very end. And I show up at the at the uh, little part of the gate where they let you in, and the the kindly flight uh, attendant person there says. Ah, uh, you know what? This is the flight is full to capacity, and they're already telling me that there is no more availability. I, you have to check your bag. I'm sorry. Uh, you and it's have that to bag. You don't have an opportunity to have your like full on. If you could just take what you could. I've got to grab hand. one thing right now. One hand. Let's say what could fit into a jacket. Yeah. Right? So even not even an iPad, probably. Yeah, maybe maybe at the most, but I didn't bring my iPad because I had my laptop loaded up yep. with the movies. I don't know. I think the book, I think a book is a good idea. And for some reason, you know what I end up doing? This is so random, Dan. For some reason, I always end up playing with like learning VI or playing with the terminal when I'm on a plane. I don't know why. I bring all this stuff and then I end up sitting there drinking a lot and trying to figure out VI. It's really an an odd thing. But I would say, I would say uh, a science fiction novel Mm -hmm. that you have never read is a good one. Yeah. And then, you know, I think personally, like having a notebook and a a pen isn't such a bad idea. I, I like writing on planes or like brainstorming. I like doing mind maps and stuff on planes. It's something I don't do like sitting at my desk very often, mm-hmm. but sometimes I feel a little bit more, I hate to use this word, I feel a little more creative on a plane. I get crazy ideas. Did you read that article? No, about I've gotten that too. What is that? People cry during movies on planes. Did you read that article? No. Going around? Tell me. You ever, you ever cry during a movie on a plane? Yeah. It, it's happened to a lot of people. Why is that? What's wrong I think with it's me? Because there's less air. But there's other ideas, too, about, you know, oh, because you're leaving something, you're returning to something. But I think being on a plane just puts you in a really weird, it's a weird place. So you're full of, there's so much unfamiliarity around you. There's, you're just all people you don't know around you. Weird situation. You are kind of helpless in a lot of ways. Yeah, we should find that article. But I would say, I would say I, I've said this several times, but a, a book is really sturdy because you, you can't run out of batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? No, I mean, I think... Th- you're grabbing only one thing. I think your idea of worst case scenario, a book is going to get you through better than almost anything else. If you have, if you, you know, if you have a pen and something to write with, if you can read your own writing later, I can't, uh, that's important. And at a very minimum that those two things, something to write on, something to write with. And, and then ideally a book. I think the, the, this is the, the hardest thing in all of this probably, but I think the, one of the most valuable is to just adjust your expectations because, you know, we've, we've painted this horrible picture, horrible and yet realistic picture of, of what, you know, plane travels like today. But, you know, you don't, really don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah. It's just if you're expecting everything to go a certain way, if you're expecting everything to go terribly, 
and you, you become a bull in a china shop, like that's not super cool. Like if you expect everything to go perfectly and you know, I, I've been on, I've been on Virgin flights. It's so frustrating. The people in the seats next to you have an immersive multimedia experience and you have a screen that won't boot or yeah. something. I don't know why it happens, but it happens and it's crazy frustrating because there's all this great stuff that you can watch. I guess I would just say like, you know, to the extent possible, take care of all of your stuff before all of the necessaries before you get on the plane mm-hmm. or whatever. It could be a bus too. You know what's funny is bus bus rides have become so much more comfortable. When I'm in the Northeast, <laughs> like with my family, if yeah. the bus the bus to go from Providence, the Peter Pan bus from Providence to Boston is such a better experience than that same flight. It's unbelievable. You got Wi-Fi. You got a giant seat to yourself. It's air conditioned and comfortable. Nobody's touching your wang just before you're allowed to get on. Right. It's really strange. It's, it's a much more comfortable experience. Same in like New York. Like when I was at Rutgers, going between Rutgers and New York City, like it was, it was so much more pleasurable to just be on a on a bus, an actual bus. <laughs> but yeah, I think aligning your expectations is good, and just remembering that, like you know, everybody there's in the same boat, and that it's not going to get better by freaking out. You know, that's this is manifestly not helpful, Dan. I'm sorry. No, I think it is. Yeah. Bring a book. Bring a book. It's a beef jerky. Mm-hmm. And a small bag. A handheld bag. Benadryl. Mm. 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 Want to button this up? All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.